This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you're watching for the very first time. We want you to stay tuned today as we discuss this subject, the heavenward lifted soul. The heavenward lifted soul. Please stay tuned. Now today we're continuing to offer the free Bible correspondence course and we want to make that available to each and every one of you. Some of you have been watching, uh, getting to know your Bible for a long time and you've never taken the time just to pick up the telephone and call for the course, let me urge you to do that today. And may I assure you that it's free. Now, in order that you might know more about the course and how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from Psalms chapter 25, and I'll be reading the first three verses. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Man was walking down the street one day, and he saw a little lady on the street, and she looked so poorly, dressed shabbily, and the man felt so sorry for her. And he just walked up to her and he gave her a dollar bill. And he said to her, chin up. That's all he said, chin up. The next day happened to be walking down the street again and he saw that little lady and she rushed over to him, handed him a $20 bill, and she said, you're in luck. Chin up paid 20 to 1. Well, we may, she may not have quite understood why he said chin up. Well, you and I are living in some days where it's not always an easy thing to keep your chin up. These are days in which we need to, to draw near to the throne of God. Oh, we live in a rather strange society in some ways. Every day there are millions of people that take, take a pill to, to assure them of sleep. And then there are those that take another type of pill so they can stay awake. But the solution to our problems is not going to be found in a pill. What we need is our souls 
lifted toward heaven. I want you to listen again to verse 1 of Psalms 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. We need our souls lifted up toward heaven. Well, let's ask a question now, and how, how are we going to do that? How, how will we lift up our souls toward heaven? Well, the first thing we will notice in this particular chapter is found in verse number 2, where, where the psalmist said, Oh my God, I, I trust in you. I trust in you. So one of the ways that we will have a heavenward lifted soul is by coming to trust in our God. And may I say that he can be trusted? The psalmist said in Psalms 11 and 1, And the Lord put out my trust. In Jeremiah 17 and verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. Then there's Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. The God of heaven is a God who can be trusted. Some people cannot be trusted. Have you ever said that about an individual? I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust that person as far as I could throw a rock. Well, some people have lived lives that give them the reputation, the name of being not trustworthy. But there isn't anything about God that wouldn't cause us not to want to trust Him. You, you can trust the Lord for your daily provisions, and He will not let you down. In Psalms 37 and 25, David said, I've been young and now I'm old, and I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You see, God takes care of people that are righteous. In Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. And we need to stop and ask, now what things is he talking about that will be added to us? And he had been talking about our food, our clothing, our shelter, and the like. The necessities of life will be provided to that individual who seeks to live that righteous life. And you can trust God to give you those daily provisions. You can also trust God for daily directions. And we need directions, do we not? Sometimes men are not very uh, open to accepting directions if they're on a trip. Some of the women that are watching now will agree with that, I'm sure. You've been off with your husband on a trip and you're not sure where you are, and you suggest that you stop and get directions. And he tries to reassure you, said, I, I think I know what we I think I know where to go. 
and then maybe an hour later he decides to stop and get directions. The world today largely is like that. We're wandering around in life refusing to accept directions from the very one who is capable of giving them. Go back to Proverbs chapter 3 again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And what will happen? And he shall direct your paths. And when we study the Bible and we read the Bible, we follow the Bible, God is directing our paths through his inspired word. And you can trust him for direction. People today are trying to direct themselves. I believe I read somewhere in Scripture. Oh, I believe it's in Jeremiah 10, 23. Oh, Lord, the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. And yet people today largely are trying to live their lives without the Lord, without any spiritual direction from him. And just to put it mildly, they've made a mess of things. Life is better when you follow the directions of God. And you can trust him. And you can trust him for your daily companionship. When Jesus gave what we refer to as the Great Commission in Matthew 28, in verse 20 he assured us by saying, I am with you always even to the end of the world, that is, to the end of the age. And when Joshua took over the leadership of God's people, God, God assured him by saying, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you, I'll never fail you. And he indeed is a God who is with us every step of the way. Paul was in prison, been forsaken by some friends, and Paul felt, no doubt felt lonely. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16 says, But the Lord stood with me. When all others may turn their backs upon us, we feel we've been forsaken by, by even friends of ours, even family. You can rest assured you can trust God's companionship. Trust in the Lord. You want to have a soul lifted up to heaven? Trust Him. Trust Him. You know, it's one thing to say, I believe. It's something else to say, I trust him. I read a story once, and I'm sure it's just a story. It may not be a true story, but it makes the point. Uh, about a, a man at the circus. And he got up on a high wire. And he asked, do, do you believe that I can walk across that wire? And everybody was clapping and cheering and saying, yes, 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 we believe you can do it. We believe. And then he had someone to bring up a wheelbarrow. And he rolled that wheelbarrow from one platform to the other across that wire. And he said, now do you believe? that I can put a person in that wheelbarrow and roll him to the other side. And they all shouted out, 
we believe. Yes, we believe you can do it. And then he says, now which one of you who says you believe that I can do it will come up and get in the wheelbarrow? May not have been any takers. It's one thing to say you believe. It's something else to trust in him. And what we need to do today is to crawl up on the back of the promises of God as we walk that tight rope of life. You will never, ever be successful in life until you do. Trust in Him with all of your heart. Now, second thing that is suggested in this uh, chapter is down in the, the fourth verse, uh, in order to have that heavenward lifted soul, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. You know, some are not much interested in God's way. They're just not. It's a sad thing, but they're just not. Jeremiah 5, 30 and 31 says, A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The, the prophets prophesy falsely. The priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to have it so. They were more interested in what a priest said than what God said. And isn't it true that today many people are more interested in what some man says and what God says? You take the individual who claims there isn't a God. He's more interested in what he thinks than what reality is. Romans 1 and 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. Being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. There's not any excuse for an individual rejecting the way of God, not believing in God, but, but those who are atheists reject the way of God. There's the worldly-minded individual as, as they're described somewhat in 2 Timothy 3 and 5, where there are those that have become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You see, they're not seeking to know His way. And there are those who have been taught, but they reject. In John 5, 40, Jesus said, And ye would not come unto me, that ye might have life. The only thing that a person has to do to be lost is just reject Jesus. Matthew 23, 20, and 37, Jesus was, was uh, talking about the city of Jerusalem. This is a place where Jesus had done more of his teaching than, than any other city. And he wept over that city. And he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wing, but ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. You see, there are those that are not much interested in God's way. But now the person who wants to have that heavenward lifted soul has this attitude. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Why, sometimes there are even people in the church who become cold and indifferent and, and negligent, and they're not much interested in what God has to say. That's why Hebrews 2 and verse 3 warns, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? 
I, I want us all to understand this. This is a very important thing to remember. God's way is best. Not only is God's way best, God's way is superior. It is superior. Uh, Isaiah chapter 55, in the 8th and ninth verses, put it like this, My ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways in your ways, and my thoughts in your thoughts. That's just the prophet's way of telling us that God's way not only is best, but God's way is superior to anything that an individual will ever come up with. God's way is a joyful way. God's way is the best way. Now listen to him again. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. And then look in verse number 6, and we find another thing that will help us lift our souls toward heaven. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from old. We need to remember the loving kindness of our God. If we would just stop and think about how good he's been to us, it would tenderize every hardened heart. Behold the goodness and the severity of God, we read in Romans eleven twenty two, 22. But in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, it's the goodness of God that leads one to repentance. How can we contemplate God's goodness and not have our hearts softened to the gospel, and by the gospel. Think about John 3, 16 and following. Well, actually go back to the 14th verse. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Oh, how good God has been in the giving of his Son. Titus chapter 3 and 5 reads like this. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but, but according to his mercy has saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. It is by the mercy of God that we are saved. It is by the loving kindness of God that we are saved. And were it not for God's love for mankind, you and I would not have any hope of life beyond the grave. But because of his loving kindness, we do. So if we want that heavenward lifted soul, not only must we trust him, not only must we seek to know his way, but we must remember 
the loving kindness of God. Maybe you're watching right now and you're not sure you believe in God. Or you're not sure that you ought to do anything about God. That you ought to obey God. But I want you, I want you to think about how good the Lord has been to you. Your very next breath is because of the loving kindness of God. At Mars Hill, Paul said, it's in him that we live and move and have our being. It, your very next heartbeat is because of the loving kindness of a good God. But the, another thing that is brought out in this chapter about the heavenward lifted soul is in verse 11. For your namesake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Couldn't all of us say that, Lord? I, I want you to pardon my sins because... I've done some terribly bad things. My sin is great before you. Sin has always broken God's heart. It grieved God during the days of Noah to the extent that, that God said the end of all flesh has come up before me. And God determined that he was going to destroy the world with water. Why? Because of the sin of the world. And sin broke the heart of God. And you and I are sinners. And in our lost state, we're breaking the heart of God. And the end result of a life of sinning is separation from God. Eternal separation. That's Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And that's the negative in that passage. Here's the positive. But the gift of God is eternal life. And you and I have a choice to make between death and life. Eternal death or separation from God eternally or life eternal in Jesus Christ. If you would become a Christian by believing in Jesus, by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Christ, you would have hope of that eternal life. Because you see, God will forgive your sin. He wants to forgive. He's always been like that. Even in the Old Testament, God was a forgiving God. In Isaiah 1 and 18, he said, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though, yo, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In other words, I want to forgive you. And God wants to forgive you. He wants to forgive all of us our sins. And he gave Jesus, and he gave him on the cross, as a sacrifice that our sins might be forgiven by that sacrifice. Listen to Matthew chapter 26 in verse 28. Well, this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. And remission of sins and forgiveness of sins is the same thing. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So God is a forgiving God. He wants to forgive us. 
but we must comply with the terms of pardon that apply to us. If I've never given my life to Christ, I must become a believer in Him, must repent, must confess faith in Him, must be baptized. The Corinthians did that in Acts 18 and verse 8. Many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Mark 16 and 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So that's how the Corinthians were saved. They believed the gospel, obeyed the gospel by being baptized, and they were saved from their sins. God wants to pardon you. And so if we want that heavenward lifted soul, we must come to God for the pardon of our sins. But then, to have that heavenward lifted soul, we must keep our eye on the Lord. Notice verse 15. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Let me tell you when we get in trouble in trying to live the Christian life. It's when you take your eyes off of the Lord. Do you remember in Matthew, the 14th chapter, when Jesus was walking on the water? And Peter said, Lord, let me walk on the water. And he did for a time. But then Peter took his eyes off of Christ. And when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And you and I cannot afford to take our eyes off of him. In the language of Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We can't afford to take our eyes off the Lord because when we do, we get our attention diverted from that which is the main thing in life. And that's being a Christian. Unfortunately, a lot of people have had their attention diverted by various things today. And once their attention, attention has been diverted, it is really difficult to get them to focus on Christ again. We must focus on Him to have that heavenward lifted soul. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You'll find people who love the Lord and who want to go to heaven one day. And they're trying to keep their attention on heaven above. Also, may I encourage you right now to pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course. Don't hesitate to do that. Do it right now while you have this opportunity. And I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.